Hey, happy mamas, welcome back. Hey, today we're going to talk about commitment. We just talked about stewardship and how um, we've got to start looking at why we do things a little differently, right? And now we've got to gain this greater desire and this commitment in our hearts to actually start taking action and doing things differently, right? I love, let's see, it was President Benson, back clear back in 1987, so I was like seven years old. He talked about how we have an, well, this is the quote. He said, we have an increasing number who've been convinced through the Book of Mormon that Jesus is the Christ. Now we need an increasing number who will use the Book of Mormon to be committed to Christ. We need to be convinced and committed. Now, I just love that idea of being convinced and committed. You know, I'm going to guess that since you're here on this podcast, that you are convinced that there's a better way. You are convinced that there's something you can do to be a happier mama, to live a life more full of purpose, to, to enjoy this journey a little bit more. And you're convinced there's a way, right? And we're going to talk, we're, we're diving in here, right? We're talking about all these ways that you and I can make changes to have that be our new reality. But the question I have for you is, are you committed, right? You're convinced about it and you may listen to this stuff and it may ring true for you, but you have to actually be committed to it. Commitment is one of the foundational pieces to actually creating this transformation in your life and to having the strong mindset and making these lifestyle changes, right? It's, it's like foundational. And so if you're not fully committed, then the rest of this isn't really going to come together. Now let's talk about what commitment really is. Okay. Commitment is defined in the dictionary, or I guess I Googled it, as the quality of being dedicated to a cause or an activity. So if you think about this cause we're in, right? To be a happier mama, are you committed to whatever it takes? Uh, I can tell you, I've been reaching for this and striving for this now for 15 years. Since I first got pregnant with my first child and everything tanked. (laughs) I've been searching for a way to be happier mama. I've been committed to this process. Whatever the process was, my goal was to find a way to be happier. My goal was to find a way to enjoy this journey. And it's taken a lot of years and a lot of hard things and a lot of education to finally get some pieces, right? But I was committed to this journey. I'm still committed to this journey because I don't know that I'm out of the woods yet. I'm a heck of a lot farther along than I was even a year and a half ago, but I still got a long way to go. But commitment is I'm dedicated to this cause. I'm dedicated to this activity of becoming a happier mama. Now, you've already decided to make some changes. That's why you're here on this podcast. That's why you're listening, right? The decision's made in your head. It's logical, often, okay? But commitment is made in your heart. And this is where when you start to think about this and the process it's going to take and the things you need to change, that it's not just a logical decision, but you feel it in your heart. Like it is deep in there that you know things have to change. You know there's some things you need to do to really make a difference, right? Now, let me um, share a couple of things here to illustrate this point. Now, I've shared already that I struggle from some anxiety. Um, and that's one of the reasons why mastering my mindset became so important to me because I needed a way to deal with the anxiety and the depressed feelings and things that I experienced. And sometimes often that anxiety and those feelings can really wreak havoc here in my home, as you can imagine. Okay. And they affect my family. 
in ways that I just wish was not our reality sometimes, but it is, right? Now, something else you may not know about me is I love things tidy, but I am not naturally a very tidy person, <laughs> okay? You can ask my mom, drives her nuts, I'm sure, and my sister, who we shared a room with, and she was super tidy, and I was super not, and so one time we shared a bed even, we shared a full-size bed, and she did masking tape down the half of the bed and the half of the room so that she could have her tidy side and I could have my messy side. Now, I don't love things being messy, I'm just not naturally tidy, okay? So, Something I realized, though, was that part of my anxiety, and we'll talk about this later when we get into lifestyle choices, was my environment. When things are totally chaotic for me, um, it triggers my anxiety to a whole new level. And I've known this kind of for a long time, but I never gave it the credit it fully deserved until just a few months ago. Okay. So my whole life, I've been trying to de-junk and organize just like we all do, right? And finding that when I came home from whatever and the house was a disaster that I would just like panic. It was like, I talked about in the first episode about how anxiety to me feels like, you know, you're like leaning over the edge, maybe of the Grand Canyon and someone has a hold of the back of your t-shirt and that's all that's holding you on the ledge. And then you walk in the house. That's how you come to the house because you're just in this constant state of like, ah! right? And then you walk in the house and it's a complete disaster because it, it just is like kids, kids are chaotic, right? And, and it's like someone lets go of your t-shirt and you're just like spiraling to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, right? That's how it feels. And I didn't totally give credit to my environment fully that it, it created that kind of anxiety for me. So KonMari was all the rage last year, right? And um, I checked it out of the bookmobile. I love the bookmobile. If you don't have one of those, you need one. So I checked it out of the bookmobile and I'm reading through this and I loved her approach because it wasn't just, um, I don't know, you just go check it out, okay? Even if you don't do it, just her approach to it was just kind of um, eye-opening, I guess, and just kind of spoke to my heart. So I decided I was going to start KonMariing. And her her premise here is that, you know, I'd gone through every de-junking. Like I like to de-junk and I like to organize. I like to create order. And so I have all the books and I've helped people with it. And I, you know, volunteer my services to people because I think it's so fun. And yet I have a really hard time keep maintaining it in my own home. And what she says is, you know, instead of like, hey, every month or every three months or six months, you're going to de-junk your house again, because that just gets really overwhelming, right? She said, you're going to do it one time and then you're going to build new habits so that you don't have to do it again. So it's just like a constant, like getting rid of things you don't like and keeping the things you love and not buying things you don't like. So you don't have to get rid of them, right? And just constantly recycling um, on a day-to-day basis. And I love that idea. Okay, so here I am a couple months ago and I'm thinking, my environment, like we have this beautiful, modest home that we've been in now two years. We've been working on the yard. We, we finished the basement. In fact, right now, I don't know if you can hear, my husband's got the, the nail gun going downstairs. We're on Christmas break and I finally have a few quiet minutes to do some recording and he's down putting in a wall so that I can have an office so I can record in a little quieter place. And so if you hear the nail gun, that's what it is. So um, I'm thinking, okay, we have this home. There's seven of us in this. It's a smaller-ish home. Um, not a lot of storage and things are getting out of control. And I'm to the point where just walking into my house brings on my anxiety so thick that I just, it paralyzes me. And it's like, I remember having this conversation with my older sister, who's amazing, by the way. And she, um, she keeps the house so much better than I do, um, just naturally. 
And she said, yeah, when things build up and you get so overwhelmed by everything, then, and you don't want to do the things that have to be done, then you just do nothing because you don't feel like you can go do the things you want to do until you've done the things you have to do and you're not going to do the things you have to do. So then you just do nothing. Oh my gosh, that was my reality. Okay. Walking in like, I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to clean up. I don't want to tidy. I don't want to do the bathroom since I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to go read a book. (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's my reality, right? And I'm realizing that my anxiety like is being fed by this on a daily basis and it's time for drastic measures. So I get out the KarnMari book and I'm like, here we go, guys, I'm going to do this. And it was time, it was right after Thanksgiving. So it's been a little over a month. And I finally just tell myself, I'm going to take, have my husband take the kids, go out for the day, and I'm just going to tackle my main living space. Basically, I did all of my upstairs. So we have, um, my living room, which is a great room with my dining and kitchen together. And then we have a a piano room, which is our music room slash office kind of, and then two bedrooms upstairs for my little guys and for my husband and I. So he goes to get the Christmas tree, go cut it down in the woods, takes the kids. I, I forego going because my anxiety is so high (laughs) that I know if I go, I'm going to stress out. And the only way I can calm myself down is to create some order. I just can't take it anymore. So I go crazy Um, I go crazy, like cleaning out, you know, taking everything out of the room that doesn't belong, finding a specific home for everything that's supposed to be in the room and then doing a clean, you know, of everything, got the dishes done, got the counters cleared off, like just created some order, just so drastically needed. Well, they come home and I have told myself that I am going to keep this house clean until Christmas whatever it takes. And now we are a few days after Christmas and I'm here to tell you, I am proud of us. Was it perfect? No. Did I have days where the dishes spent one more day on the counter than being clean that day? Yes. And for the most part, we did it. And here's the thing, because Instead of just in my head knowing I needed to do something about it, I let it sink all the way down into my heart. And it was literally like a spiritual experience where I said, Heavenly Father, what is the solution here? And he said, get it under control and don't give in. And I was like, okay, I can do this. So every night, instead of wanting to just go read my book and crawl into bed and ignore it, I did a sweep of the house. And I'd walk down into our, we call it the big room downstairs, a big family room where, you know, that's where my kids play. That's where the movies are. That's where the crafts are. So it's usually a little bit of a mess. There's usually like all the clean clothes all over the floor down there too, because that's where we do the laundry. And um, normally I walk down there because our storeroom's down there too, our food room. And I'd walk down there and get something and walk back out and just be like, just don't look, just don't look, just walk away. And this time I'm like, no, I'm going to keep a handle on this room. Whether it's my kids doing it or me, I'm going to keep a handle on this room. And that's what we did. And and every time I wanted to give in and be apathetic and say, no, 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 I'm going to bed. I went down and I did it. And I tell you what, not only did it drastically change my anxiety, but it drastically changed my strength, I guess, I, like my confidence level. I don't know how to describe it. I just felt stronger. That, that giving into that apathy, you know, just weakens us, weakens our spirit. I just felt spiritually stronger. It was crazy. Okay. So here's the thing. I did it for a month and it made a world of difference. And now I found myself like over the break, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, again, I have to be really conscious and aware of what my anxiety level is doing. 
And by the time we got through Christmas and the chaos of the tree and we, we got cute little kittens and um, the kids' gifts and the extra decorations and blah, everything, it was a little too much. And I, and I did this the last couple of years. You know, we get home from being out of town after Christmas a day or two. And I'm like, okay, guys, time for Christmas to come down. And my kids are like, no, leave it up till New Year's. And, and like in a healthy place, they'd be like, yeah, totally. But the thing is, is like, I can't handle the chaos because I'm usually, I've usually like eaten a bunch of things I shouldn't have eaten. And I've usually like not gotten a lot of sleep and you know, stress of the holidays and everything. And I'm usually a little bit of a mess. And so we tore it all down, created the order in the living room again. And now we're okay. Now we're okay. So the thing is, is it had to, it had to travel down into my heart though. Had to get out of my head and down into my heart. Now, here's a couple other things when it, when we talk about um, commitment. I love this quote from John Asaroff. He put it this way. He said, if you're interested, you'll do what's convenient. If you're committed, you'll do whatever it takes. And I remember when I was telling somebody, so I take a slew of supplements and vitamins. It's what my body needs. And it's taken me a year and a half to figure out what the right balance is for me. And I have a little pill box thingy that I use and I open it up and somebody said, you really take all those? It's like, you know, because a lot of them you take two of each one or whatever. And so it's like 16 or something pills. Okay. And do I like taking pills? No. Um, And somebody said, oh my gosh, I can't imagine that I'd have to take that many. And I said, you know what? I have come to the conclusion that the pain or suffering or whatever you want to call it, the inconvenience that I go through taking a pill, you're taking 16 of them, if if the case may be, is much less of a problem than what it creates if I don't take them. Like I am so committed to what these do for my body and so aware of the change they make in my body that I'm, it's not worth it for me to not take them. I have to take them because of what they do for me. And so that's, again, that's getting past what's convenient to being fully committed. Okay. Um, I love this one, this quote about commitment too. I, I love quotes. You'll find me using them all the time. This one says, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Staying committed, staying loyal to what you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left you. How many times do we do this to our kids? Oh yeah, you can, I can totally do that for you. And and the time you're like, yeah, in a minute. And then like in a minute comes around and you just don't want to do it anymore. And so you're like, nah, and you've just let down this commitment to them, right? This promise you made to them. So we're like really good at even in our own lives, we're, we're kind of good at dreaming and thinking up these big plans and even setting goals. But then when it really comes down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> we're lacking sleep and we have to make dinner and we got to change that diaper. And, you know, we got to go to church, we got to go to school, we got to do all these things, then it starts to get uncomfortable. And it's not convenient to make these choices anymore. It's not convenient to eat right. It's not convenient to get enough rest. You know, there's other things that sound funner and happier, or whatever. And then if we're not truly committed, we end up letting go of what we said we were going to do, of what we know we need to do, because we're not fully committed to it. And then we end up staying where we're at. We just end up stuck because we haven't done anything to change, right? And so here's the thing. The time's going to pass, whether we get better or not, whether we make any changes or not, we might as well make the changes or we're going to be five years down the road and nothing's going to change, right? So, You can't expect to succeed 
if you only put work in on the days you feel like it. You just, it's just not going to happen, right? Here's another take on this, okay? Um, When you're fully committed, there's no trying. You aren't trying to change your health. You aren't trying to master your mindset. You aren't trying to create sustainable emotional mental wellness. If you're only trying, okay, to commit to yourself, then you don't truly believe it's possible. And you're leaving just this little percentage available so that when you fail, you don't feel so bad. Okay, let me just say that again. If you are only trying to commit to yourself, then you don't truly believe in yourself and your ability to succeed. Simply trying is when we keep a small percentage available to us for failure so we feel okay when it doesn't happen. Now, this isn't perfection. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be committed. We have to have some kind of consistency, right? So it doesn't mean we're not going to mess up and it doesn't mean we're not going to have tough moments. Like, It doesn't mean we're not going to, you know, do something we wish we hadn't done. It means that we stick to it, even when we mess up. Okay? It means that we have both feet in the boat all the time. Not one one foot on the boat, one foot on the land, just in case. Right? We're in the boat. We might fall out of the boat. We might have to get back in the boat. (laughs) But we're in the boat. Right? Now, commitment requires a level of motivation. Okay? So when you are fully committed to this process, you will have to do something to keep yourself motivated and you'll put something in place. I love Zig Ziglar. You'll hear me quote him all the time. I love um, his view on personal development. He says this, motivation is just like bathing. It doesn't last. (laughs) I love it. It doesn't last. That's why we encourage you doing it daily. So we have to do things every day to keep ourselves motivated. And we'll talk more about what that could be for you. And But by thinking about that, like, am I fully committed to this? And am I doing what it takes to keep myself moving every day? Like, what are what am I doing, right? A committed person has things in place to help them stay motivated and focused on their goal. They make the plan and then stick to the plan. Okay, or in the, in the words of a, dra- a great track coach who coached at my college, I didn't run for him but he coached there. He said this, plan the race, then race the plan. I love that, right? And if the goal changes, right? Or the way to get there changes, you're still committed to the process and you're not going to give up until you get there. That's commitment, right? Now, um, President Benson said this also. Nope, just kidding. This was President, well, let me find it. Uh, This was Robert L. Backman in 1987 in General Conference in October. Um, He said, remember, God knows you know it, right? If If you start pouring through this information and it starts ringing true to you, God knows that you know it, right? He said, and if you don't make the commitment, he will still hold you accountable because you know the truth. We were talking about stewardship in the last episode, right? Are you being a good steward? Do you know these things need to happen in your life? And now that you know it, you're held accountable for what you know. I remember um, several years ago, I had a a cute dear friend. I remember sitting in our kitchen talking and I had just written my book. 
no, I hadn't written my book. I had just started my coaching program and I was learning about and teaching about responsibility. And we talked about how I was talking to her about how we had to be responsible responsible for our own thoughts that we could actually control them. And and she'd had some concerns with her mom. And she had voiced to me, she said, if my mom would just treat me a certain way, then I would feel good about myself. And I would feel that, know that I was loved and I would feel confident in these different things. And I looked at her and I said, so what if she never does that? Like, what if she never shows up that way in your life? Are you just going to sit and wait? Like, there's no way you can be happy if you don't have that coming from her. Like, it's her responsibility. And she said, she kind of looks at me and she, I said, we're responsible at this point. We're responsible for how we feel. We're responsible for what we think. And we can't blame anyone else anymore. Like, not saying something didn't happen. Like, we have to be responsible. And I remember her looking right at me and she said, Shelly, I know what you're saying is true. But I don't want to take the responsibility. So I'm going to act like I never heard you say that. And she walked out of my house. Well, that's fine. But God knows, right? God knows that we have this level. Again, we don't have to be perfect at this. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be committed. We have to be try to be consistent. We have to, we just always have to be working hard at it, right? Because he's going to hold us accountable. He's going to hold us accountable for what we know and the stewardship we had. And if we're fully committed, our choices will be different. A fully committed person has different decisions to make and makes them differently than someone who's just casual and apathetic and just letting life happen, right? So as we're diving into this process, I just want you to think, what is my commitment level? Am I at 10? Like, do I want this so badly that I can taste it? Do I want this so badly that I'm going to do whatever it takes to be happy? Whatever it takes to feel that peace, whatever it takes to navigate these barriers a little bit better, whatever it takes to weed out the extra, the extra barriers I don't need anymore that I'm creating for myself. Like, how bad do I want this? How's it going to affect things? I want you to think about where are you now? Where are you now? What's your life like now? right? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being like overwhelmingly happy, peaceful, enjoying the journey, like thriving, everything. Where are you on a scale of one to 10? And how long has it been like that for you? Long time? Couple years? Couple months? Couple weeks? Lots of years? Your whole life? How long has it been like that? Now, what if nothing changes? What if five years from now, you haven't done anything to make a change and everything stays where it's at? Are you okay with that? What effect does that have on your kids? What effect does that have on your marriage or your spouse or, you know, maybe you're not married right now. What effect does it have on you dating someone or finding someone? Are you okay with it? Like if nothing changes, are you okay with it? So what do you really want to create? What do you really want your life to be like? What do you really want to feel and experience instead? What do you think God wants you to experience? How do you want to show up for your kids and your spouse? Like, what is it that you want? What are you willing to do about it? Because you have the power and the opportunity right now to do something different. You you're going to gain the tools, a lot of them that you need. And if not here, you'll be inspired of where to find them. 
and it's not going to be easy. I remember coaching people through mindset and, and every single week I'd get on the call and I'd say, now this mindset work is hard work. <laughs> Keep at it. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you that this is just going to all be a walk in the park. This is going to take some serious effort. Anything worth doing, worth doing well, right? And we're not going to make drastic changes in our life without making drastic changes, right? It's going to take some work. But how bad do you want it? And how capable do you feel like you are of making the changes? Like Maybe you don't even know what those changes are yet. You're going to catch a glimpse as you keep listening. I believe in you. And more importantly, God believes in you. And if this is part of your journey, then just embrace it and fully commit to it. Because that's when lasting change is going to happen. So it's time for you to do some evaluation. To look deep inside your heart and say, what do I really want? And how bad do I want it? And what am I willing to do about it? You happy mamas, we can do this. Find a way to be fully committed. And then let's do this together. We'll catch you on the next episode.